The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. As a special thanks to all of our patrons, we are giving away one item from the Professional Casual Network store at teespring.com slash stores slash professional casual. All you have to do to enter is be a patron. That can be as little as a dollar a month, and every month we will give away an item of your choice from the store. Follow us at patreon.com slash professional casual. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and squirrels, it's your boy and host of Elite Eight Showdown, Big Chuck. Do you have a business, online store, Facebook, Instagram, OnlyFans, or anything else that you would want to advertise on Elite Eight Showdown? Well, we want you to sponsor the brackets. Right now, we are offering you the opportunity to advertise your business, product, or anything else. Maybe you're a cosplayer, performer, artist, musician looking to reach new fans. Maybe you're a gamer or content creator who wants to get their Twitch, Facebook gaming, YouTube, or podcast advertised. Right now in this introductory offer, you can sponsor one bracket over four shows for just $10. That's right, just $10 and you'll get a month worth of advertising. Nobody is offering a deal like this. Email us for review and approval at theprofessionalcasual at gmail.com in the subject line. Put Elite Eight Showdown Bracket Application. Give us just a brief description of what you'd like to advertise as well as any links for approval. All applications will be considered and reviewed before approval. Elite Eight Showdown has hundreds of downloads every show all over the world and we are growing and gaining more every week. This is a limited time offer, so don't wait. Theprofessionalcasual at gmail.com. Subject line, Elite 8 Showdown, bracket ad application. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and squirrels, welcome to the only podcast on planet God dang Earth where we take anything and everything to face off in an eight-subject bracket elimination tournament. This is Elite Eight Showdown. I, of course, am your just delicious host, Big Chuck, but I am not joined by my comrade, my cohort, my co-conspirator, more importantly, my co-host, Tim I guess he called in with a case of the don't give a shits, France. But I am joined by the master of the shotgun dropkick, host of Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Dare I say, the better host of Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. The most legit tough man I know and pro wrestler, Brian Breaker. Brian, welcome to the show, bud. I am so excited and so nervous to be here. But yes, I do appreciate you saying the better host of Breaker Remains Power Hour. You notice my name's in front. That's not an accident. It is not an accident. Uh, you know, not that I don't think uh, Bane is great. Well, I know you don't, but, you know, I, I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, whatever. I was just trying to be nice, but yeah, fuck Bane. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm just frankly ecstatic that you're alive. Um as as we know, the Betty White Murder Fest 2020 World Tour is still running wild all over Oklahoma. Um, and you're you're alive. And that's great. I'm really glad that you're not dead. I'm more, I'm more nervous about Bane, this though? than the uh, than the coronavirus. I'll be honest, you know, 
I mean, I would be too. Um, we have witnessed just so many murders, so many murders. Do, have you talked to Bane lately? No. Is he still alive? No. I mean, I got a text from him, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It didn't say like, hey, just so you know, I'm not dead. So I don't know. Right. Right. Uh, she she could have taken his phone as a decoy. You know, just keep an eye out. Just just be careful. That's that's all I can. Uh, that's all I can suggest to yeah, you. We need to get like, some code uh, words made up so we know each other are safe. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because Breaker, she will murder you. I mean, I've heard you yeah. were on the list. Yeah, you were on the list. There's not too much I can uh, I can do about it other than that. Uh, we do have our we do have our people out there looking for her. Hopefully uh, 55 star reviews. Breaker, you were kind enough to actually give us a five star review. I do what I can. You know, I, I always try to support the uh, the podcast friends. And uh, I feel like we've got a an interesting community of, of uh, friends who are podcasters. And and so if I can throw a quick little review out there, I will. I know a lot of people may not think about that, but those help out a lot. So I wish more people would do it. Yeah. And and not only that, uh, is it great for the algorithm? But if we reach 55 star reviews, I will do a very special bracket simply known as my most embarrassing moments. That's right. Uh, Eight of the most embarrassing moments of my life. And Tim will crown the most embarrassing Uh, things like the time I accidentally almost put a uh, mop cone uh, up my butt. It's a it was a thing that happened. People need to know uh, that story. So give them five. People absolutely. Right now. Yeah, everyone needs to go do it. Um, of course, professionalcasual.com slash giveaways. Head over there to see what we are giving away this month. Um, there's I mean, we're giving away tons of stuff. And of course, patreon.com slash store. Brian, I showed you, Mr. Breaker, I showed you uh the new hotness. That just dropped the uh, the uh, big Chuck hot dog eating shirt. Uh, That's it's a thing that it's a thing that the marketing department decided that was appropriate. So it's on a shirt now. That's a shirt that everyone needs to own because it's it's a conversation starter. Like if if you're out and about and you're like, man, that girl over there, she's 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 kind of she's kind of cute. I'd like to talk to her. You wear that big mm-hmm. Chuck shirt, automatic conversation starter. I mean, like he's doing you a favor. Pick up the shirt and do yourself a favor. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Also, if you don't want a shirt, you can get it in a fanny pack you can get it on a mug you can get it on a mouse pad a tote bag uh probably a thong i wouldn't be surprised but that is yeah i am i'm ecstatic about it i'm going to buy seven different fanny packs because it comes in 10 different colors uh one for each day of the of the week i love it of course the the Betty White Murder Fest 2020 World Tour is still going wild. Uh, we had recently been sent a photo of her um, taking part in the, of course, the famous Oklahoma post workout uh, regiment, which is going to Arby's as fast as you can after working out um, and eating four big Montanas covered in horsey sauce. She is just an evil individual who, who, put who in likes, that much horsey. Who likes horsey sauce? <laughs> I mean, I like horsey sauce. I think it's good, but I mean, she's smothered and covered these big Montanas in it. She also terrifyingly had a severed head. We were unable to actually make it out because the big Montanas were blocking it. Um, She did write, though, and this is a little concerning. Hashtag fuck Jack Gamble in blood on the wall. I don't really know what that's about, but 
maybe we should check to make sure Jack Gamble's still alive. He, he just had um, a birthday, and I know he uh, he had a few uh, few Steve Weisers. So, uh, oh god, yeah, who knows? I mean, was he poisoned? I don't know. Like, oh my god, somebody immediately contact Jack Gamble, or you know, whatever. Fuck that guy. Uh, I'm not sure why I hate Jack Gamble so much. You'll the old booty call Jack Gamble for the uh, Power Hour, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know why. I, I don't mean, know why either. But you know, I uh, I love I the fact that you have I mean, so many nice enemies. Guy. You know. I mean, that's what I do around here. I just make as many enemies as possible. He's actually a great guy. Stellar individual. I just fucking hate his guts, and I'm not totally sure why. <laughs> I love uh, it. But because we, just because we still and yet cannot find uh, Betty White, we cannot have her challenge for the title once again. So we are moving on. Everyone's flooding the main event, Elite Eight Showdown Arena, where this week, this show, Breaker, we are talking not about just specifically wrestlers. We're talking about the best thing about wrestling. Now, I picked this topic because you, you, sir, you're a professional wrestler. Correct. Yes. You worked for you worked for WWE at one point. I, I had a run in the uh, the NXT uh, developmental system. This is, of course, you know, back in the day before it was really like a uh, a mainline television product and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I had uh, some time there, some time in Japan. I was trained by the uh, the great Harley Race, rest in peace and and stuff like that. I've kind of RIP. Yeah, I've kind of moved away from pro wrestling in recent years. But, you know, it's always going to be a part of who I am to some degree. Um, now you, I, I'm very jealous. Um, a, you were trained by the great Harley, Harley race. So you have that, um, just amazing exposure. And I would assume long life friend that was Harley race. RIP. Did you get to work with Dusty as well when you were in NXT? I sure did. Yeah, he uh, he ran our uh, what they called at the time communication skills, which um, like any big business is putting a bunch of terms together that don't mean the same thing. So basically it was promo class and um, more or less you would get up there and in front of everybody uh, do a one minute what we call a promo, which I assume you have a lot of non-wrestling fans listening, so I'll try to describe this in in more basic terms. A promo in wrestling is is just that. It's a promo. It's a it's a way to talk people into the building. Imagine a uh, infomercial, right? What's an infomercial trying to do? It's trying to get you to buy this item that you must have, whether it's a rotisserie grill or a new set of knives. It's a way to to hype you up to think like, man, I need to call that 900 number and I need to buy this right effing now but in wrestling a lot of it is done to get you hyped for something so you know back in the 70s and 80s it was hey this saturday night i'm me and you are going to fight all over this building it's it's a match you can't miss that's that's kind of what where that started and you know of course it's turned and, and wrestling is a lot different now than it was then obviously so um it's it's a way to learn how to communicate communicate with an audience get people invested in what you're doing you know uh back in the day before the network as you know uh there were wrestling pay-per-views these uh these events were you know at certain points thirty dollars now closer to sixty dollars so you want people to open their wallet, spend money because they want to watch this match. And uh, and that's kind of what what the whole class was designed to do is to just learn how to talk, learn how to communicate with people, learn how to get people invested in your characters, this, that and what have you. So, um, yeah, it definitely a intriguing, intriguing class. I saw a lot of really good promos and I saw a lot of really bad ones. <laughs> 
uh, I I fully believe that because uh, I still I'm not super into current day product. I follow uh, all elite wrestling way more than I follow uh, WWE nowadays, sure. but um, I I blame the pandemic on that. I, it, wrestling is just sort of in a really weird state not the of same, affairs it? currently. It's not. It's really not. Even like AEW did a really good job putting the people who weren't wrestling around the ring, yes. right? So it felt like it was still somewhat of a live show, sure. like a really, like a really bad indie show, right? Like the 30 people that pay their tickets that show up just to get drunk and watch some wrestling. Um, but yeah, man, wrestling is like super weird right now. And who knows when it's ever going to go back to normal. I hope that it does soon. Well, you know, yeah, but you think about it, it's like right now, obviously we're in the middle of the pandemic and well, I mean, I don't know if we're in the middle of it or if we're at the end or wherever we're at, we're in a pandemic. Let's just say that. And I mean, we're there. Yeah. yeah we're, we're definitely balls deep at this right. point. And so right now the big thing are social distancing masks, things like that. And like, is it a thing where we open up these big venues to 20,000 people again? And everybody wears a mask or do we set people six feet apart? If that's the case, do we need a big venue? You know what I mean? There's all these like little questions, I think, where when normalcy strikes and it kind of hits, I guess, or the new normal, as a lot of people are saying, with with what we're going to be like in the future, like is, is wrestling factored into that? Is live event sports factored into that or concerts? I mean, there's so many things to wonder, you know, like. Will that ever be the same again? I don't know. I mean, I know back in uh, March, I guess, when this was all kind of taken off, I wouldn't have thought, hey, in July, August, wherever we're at, like this will still be a thing. You just don't assume that. But here we are. So I think the biggest thing is that no one really knows. Right. And it's we can all make a guess and we can all have an opinion as everybody does. But it's just a uh, it's a weird thing. And I think. Like you were talking about AEW, they adapted to it better. Like they they did their own thing and, you know, maybe facing the camera toward the entrance, not two empty seats was a smart move. Obviously, having a few random people around yep. the ring to make noise, to clap, to do the, the same nuances we do in wrestling. Because, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, when we were training, one thing we would all do on the outside of the ring is clap with the baby face. You know, we would we boo the heel to give them that reaction that they're needing. Cause when you have nothing to react off of, it's incredibly difficult. Yeah. And I think we, I mean, we saw that especially in the beginning, right? Like right around March when the, when wrestling started to not have anybody in the, in the crowd, those matches are, are awkward. They're really weird to watch they're very awkward. because you can hear them. Yeah. And like wrestlers had to figure out how to, wrestle differently because they didn't have that crowd cue right. and things like that. Um, but there were some things that you've done in your career that I am extremely jealous of mainly getting to go to Japan to wrestle for the Japan companies over there. You did, uh, was it new Japan's tag team tournament? I did. Yeah. Back in uh, 2016. <laughs> yeah. Which you wrestled one of my favorite masked wrestlers of all time. Jushin Thunder Liger. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that was a incredibly um, it's a hard one to even describe because there's certain guys you just don't ever assume you'll be in the ring with, you know, and he was definitely on that list. And I'll never forget. It was about two or three days before I was set to leave. And there's a guy over there. I'm a Facebook friend with him and he's very connected to the wrestling world. He messaged me all the cards for the upcoming shows. And I'm just scrolling through and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then I hit that one. I was like, 
what? Like, we're in an eight-man tag with Jushin Thunder Liger? And, I mean, there was nothing to the match. It was very, very short, very basic. But I'm like, still, we shared the ring with freaking Jushin Thunder Liger. And he retired just earlier this year. So that's insane. Yeah, like, you you got to have – I mean – as a kid, that would have blown my mind, right? As like, if I was a kid and I knew as an adult that I was going to get to wrestle Jushin Thunder Liger, a a literal wrestling legend and god almost, especially in Japan. Um, I I just that's it's I was extremely jealous, and I never got to watch him wrestle live. Um, in the states, there was like one opportunity where it almost happened, and I ended up not being able to go to that show. Um, but just for you to have that opportunity must have been oh, amazing, must have been life changing for you. It, it really was. And like, there was a lot of guys I got to share the ring with over there where I'm just like, wow, you know, like we actually got to do. And you know, a lot of the matches weren't this might be a surprise to some, maybe not. I don't know, depending on what your wrestling audience is like, but. A lot of the matches over there, like they were giving us like eight minutes like that. That's a long time for a wrestling match. You think that, but it, for like for a live event, that's not that long. Uh, really? It, OK, so I would always I always figured like the sweet spot was like that eight to like 15 minutes. Right now, the, the thing is, when you're when you're on television, that's pretty common. About, right. about six to eight minutes probably and then also too if you're on live tv sometimes your time gets cut quickly where it's like okay four minutes okay two minutes okay take it home okay no match you know like i've seen that happen right you know where because it's live tv but typically in matches like that like basically we were in that you mentioned that tag tournament so basically every other night we had a tag league match which is like a, it's like a round robin tournament so you wrestle every team those matches they would give us 10 minutes you would think we would get like 20, 25, but no, they were 10 minutes. Like they weren't real long. And the non-tournament matches, which are typically eight man tags, it would give us eight minutes. So that particular match, basically I had one thing with Liger. That was it. I mean, it wasn't like I was in there like getting to just wrestle him. We all came in. We did one right. thing. I gave him a body slam and then we went into this little, uh, little, thing to go to our our finale basically and that was it i mean it, mm -hmm. there was not much to it so <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like oh that's so cool but we really didn't do much you know it was very very brief but at the same time over in japan i feel like the way they the way they do stuff is so much smarter like they save they save their bodies for the big shows like because i'm sure you've seen something crazy in japan but that was probably right. If it's on TV, that's a big show. If it's just a live event or just for the house, they're going to kind of go out there and what we do hit, hit their greatest hits, right? Like they're not, it's not the band that's breaking out the new stuff. They're going to hit the greatest hits, the stuff people want to see and then send them home happy. Right. Right. And like, that makes sense. You you don't want to exhaust yourself on something where you're not going to get the most exposure because it's only for a live event or right. it's for like TV versus like a pay-per-view. Right. Like, um, so like, yeah, I just, I was, when I found out that you were getting to even share the ring of Jushin Thunder Liger, I was like, that is, that is incredible. That is insane. Um, and I'm, I'm very glad that I got to know somebody who got to do it, you know, because I'll never be able to do it, but I'm really glad that I got to know somebody who stepped in. Well, and I think you're also glad but that it wasn't it got, wasn't Bane, right? Oh yeah, fuck that guy. He's the worst. Uh, 
and and uh, and uh, it's the same with the Bill Venus. I'm oh, so glad God. it wasn't that that son of a bitch Bill Venus. Which I'd like to say. Thank you for slapping the taste out of his mouth. You are very welcome. It was one of the f- finest moments of my life. It was amazing. It was amazing. Amazing. Like the things on this bracket, the main event, the best thing about wrestling. I have curated a list breaker of eight things that make me love wrestling because we've done. Everybody's done the greatest wrestlers of all time. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. But you but you're absolutely right. Not everybody who listens to this show is a big wrestling fan. Sure. So I want to I want to explain to them by the end of this why they should be watching wrestling. Because it is it is easily the greatest thing on planet God dang earth other than this podcast. So our first bracket is brought to us by Built Bar. If you go to builtbar.com, use promo code professional casual at checkout. Breaker, you can get $10 off your first order and 10% off each additional order after that. I'd like to point out that we are less than 20 episodes in. We already have a sponsor. Suck it. Wreck my podcast. Um, <laughs> they it. like they like to talk. They like to talk shit that they have so many episodes yet. I, I don't think they've ever had a sponsor in their entire existence. The first bracket we have hearing your favorite wrestlers music hit after coming back from injury going up against getting to say the catchphrases along with the wrestler breaker is there nothing better than the 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 bad guy the heel wrestler in the ring gloating talking about whatever you know whatever he's proud of that he's done the night you know the week before the night before and then out of nowhere that music from your favorite wrestler who got taken out six months ago by a brutal vicious attack and he had to have surgery on some body part comes back and that place literally explodes with with just cheers as he walks out onto the stage to call out the heel in the ring. I, I, it had to be my number one spot because there's, there's literally, I don't think there's a stronger pop in the world. Um, than when a wrestler comes back from injury and that music hits, I, and the best example is when edge came back at WrestleMania or at a uh, Royal rumble this past, this past Royal rumble, that place literally exploded Agreed, yeah. when he came out. So you, um, when you brought up that topic, that's actually the first thing I thought of was edges return. Cause it was unbelievable. It was, it was absolutely incredible. Like, like you, you could feel the energy through the television yes. that everybody was just so happy because edge had gotten injured i believe in 2012 was when he that, was, was actually when was he 2011 like, was when he left okay 2011 so he he you know does uh, uh, which ironically enough was in albany new york which i live an hour away from was when he did his retirement speech um because i have a i have a friend who is a humongous uh, edge fan he's like one of the biggest edge marks ever um and he was at that show and literally it ruined his entire rest of his show for oh, him because he was it, he was so upset because nobody knew that, that it was really coming you know what i mean right. that he was going to do this retirement um same with like when daniel bryan had to retire you know because of his because of his neck and then he came back and that return was amazing absolutely it was so hyped but it's going up against probably the funnest thing to do at a show. And that's to get to 
to say the catchphrases along with the wrestler. We've got things like yelling, if you smell what the rock is cooking, if you, you know, that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so, you know, the catchphrases are there to interact and to get people interested. Also, you know, to sell T-shirts because they can print it on a T-shirt. Um, but like as a kid, me getting to yell because Stone Cold said so. And like one of the worst Stone Cold impressions I've ever done ever is like still my favorite thing. Um, any any favorite any favorite catchphrases you, you got and things that you like to yell when you were a kid? Oh, man. Catchphrases are that's that's the interaction, right? That that's that's the live interaction. Like you were talking about wrestling in front of no people. That's the part that wrestling's missing. I mean, who didn't at one point when you see stone cold. And I think a lot of times we kind of, we kind of revert back to maybe the attitude error, the error that we watch wrestling the most. And like, there's something so special. Like if you want to see Steve Austin, whip Kane's ass, give me a hell yeah. And the whole crowd just, I mean, who's not going to react to that? Every single person yeah, exactly. in that building is like, hell yeah. You know, it's, that's what's fun. Yeah. It was, it was, it's probably, like it's probably well in my opinion would be the second greatest thing to happen right because like you can go and watch wrestling and like not be interested in it you can you know you go to a show but that's there for everybody that's there to get your attention to make you feel like this show is gonna be like the tits yes right so breaker if we had to pick a winner to move on hearing your favorite wrestler's music hit after coming back from injury going up against Getting to say the catchphrase along with a wrestler. You got to pick one breaker. Who's moving on? That's such a hard one, you know, because like, like there's another classic stone coldism, you know, like I'll never forget the people chanting, you know, asshole, asshole. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't see that too much nowadays, but I'll never forget one of the first times he said it. And Vince is in the middle of a promo and he goes, hey, I don't know how good your hearing is, but you got 20,000 people calling you an asshole. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I love it. And not only Stone Cold, Stone Cold also gave us one of the worst situations ever, which is when people are struggling to get through a promo and they set it up or like space the cadence so everybody in the crowd can yell what at them. The what chant is probably the worst thing to ever happen to wrestling, but it came from the greatest wrestler of all time, which is Stone Cold. So like it's it's, uh, I'm kind of torn about it. But yeah, that what chant is just rough. It is rough. But you got to pick one breaker. What's moving on? See, I got I have to go with hearing your your favorite wrestlers music hit after coming back from an injury. And here's why, because the, the singing along with the catchphrases and all that stuff, that's always fun. Like that's always a thing people do. I think that's a big reason why a couple of years ago, Enzo and big cast got over cause they had that sing along with the catchphrase shtick. Yep. And that's a fun thing, but they're like, you, you brought up the feeling like when edge came out, which a lot of people kind of speculated he was returning. Like right. what a moment, like when you hear that music hit, like unbelievable when Brock Lesnar returned to the WWE to confront John Cena. What a moment when Shane McMahon returned a few years ago on raw. What a moment. AJ Styles debuts at the Royal rumble. Like, like you didn't even know whose music that was, but you knew it was not someone you knew. And all of a sudden, you know, you hear that crowd just erupt because the screen said, I am phenomenal. Yeah. Those are moments that always stick. Yeah, That was, I mean, that I had a friend that was at that Royal rumble and he said that it was so loud 
that it was like it was deafening. Yeah. Like it was it was absolutely deafening from like that reaction. And they had turned down the mics for television because they knew it was so loud. Mm. Like it's it's just it's incredible. Like, yeah, I I will you know what I, I will agree. Like there is nothing better than hearing the music hit. Like, oh, it's just it's so good. Well, and you know, you, but moving on. Yes, yes. Oh, go uh, ahead. No, oh, I'm sorry. I, I pulled the trigger. I, I usually have to cut Tim off because he's the worst, he's the worst ever. But right. go yeah, ahead. I'm sorry. Me. I get partnered up with the worst ever. But <laughs> what I was gonna what I was gonna say to kind of add to that is um, you know, you talked about not being a, a huge fan of wrestling at times, or maybe the current product doesn't get you into it. These moments are the moments that always bring you back. And I think that's why we still stay somewhat invested in wrestling is for moments like this. And I think that's, that's the, like the basis of what pro wrestling is. Like, I don't care who you are this day and age. If the rocks music hits, you're going to react because it's like, Oh, the rocks here. Oh, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, that's why it got ranked number one. Cause it's, it's kind of hard to argue that it's not the best moment in pro wrestling ever. Right. Exactly. But moving on, moving on, uh, apparently that's become my catchphrase and I'm not really sure why, <laughs> but now everyone makes fun of me about it. So bracket number two brought to us by skillshare.com breaker. Is there a fun trade or art that you would like to learn? There probably is, but tell me more about it. Well, let me tell you over at Skillshare.com, if you use the link in our description below in this episode, you will get two free months of Skillshare.com where you can learn pretty much anything and everything over there. All of our editors here at the Professional Casual Network and Elite Eight Showdown learned how to edit podcasting and audio and video through skillshare.com i took an amazing sculpting course the videos are professional um they're very well anybody of any level beginner advanced you know experts are using skillshare.com if you use the promo code below or uh, promo link below in this description you'll get two free months check it out if you hate it cancel it if not like enjoy all the new things that you can learn. Fuck college, Skillshare.com. Breaker, bracket number two is, I would say, probably the most brutal and cringiest bracket, uh, but it, it, we had to put it on the list. It's unprotected chair shots going up against blood in a match. Ooh, interesting. Um, yeah, so like, let's, let's talk about blood in a match to begin with. Um, Nobody want. Uh, let me just preface this. Both of these are not necessarily good things, right? Right. Like blood, blood in a match is it's gross. Sure. You know, um, but there is nothing more satisfying than it's a blow off match. It's the end to a feud that's been going on for months. And these you just know that in this ring, Two of these sons of bitches hate each other and they are going to beat the holy hell out of one another. And 
five seconds, 10 seconds into the match, or maybe a couple minutes into the match, something happens and one of them just starts gushing blood out of their head. And it's it's gross, but you can't look away because now now it's on right now. It's become personal. You've made me bleed my own blood, (laughs) you know, and there's it's just there's just something about it. And, yeah, it's hard to watch, but it's just so interesting. And of course, there's the the famous uh, the famous quote. Red means green, man. Mm -hmm. You know, blood makes money. And we saw it a lot in the 70s and 80s, especially in the territory days. Uh, and even into the even into the uh, nine, you know, 90s a lot. I mean, I feel like every main event had blood in it. Damn near. Um, th- of course, the most famous bleeder of, of all time, Ric Flair. Yes. Ric Flair. Ric Flair would. Uh, <laughs> there was there was a match I was watching with Ric Flair. I want to say it was the match that was Triple H versus Scott Steiner that was like absolutely atrocious. Oh, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and like Ric Flair had already had a match. I believe it taken a shower comes down to like interfere. And I think like Steiner just throws like the dumbest punch or something. But Flair just starts gushing blood. <laughs> I mean, all over it, all over his face for whatever and reason, all like, over his suit and everything. <laughs> Yeah, like, why did you do this? What was the point of this? But man, it made the match more interesting. Of course, you can find out how important uh, blood is if you head over to patreon.com slash professional casual, where Tim and I did a watch along to the uh, the what was it? The battle, the hardcore championship battle royal from wrestlemania 2000 where where pete gas bled like a stuck pig and they they just do this like panning shot of pete gas's face completely drenched in blood his sweater vest completely drenched in blood and tim had never seen this match he was a wcw guy i was a wwe guy and he was just like oh my oh my god that man is bleeding to death and i was like yeah man and like we just we found that we both loved it it was awesome and it was so cool but there's breaker there's something about an unprotected chair shot i oh there definitely is and you don't see those too much anymore I don't think you rarely ever see a a chair. I mean, the last one that I can really think of that's been on television was the chair shot that uh, um, Perfect Ten there. I can't remember his name now. Gave to Sean Cody Rhodes. Sean Spears. That was that's his name. Um, He gave that wicked unprotected chair shot that gripped um, Cody's head wide open in the back. Um, Like unprotected chair shots are not good right we we know this for a fact cte is very much a real thing unprotected chair shots a lot of the time had something to do with that um of course you know it's hard to be honest it's hard to watch a chris benoit match watching watching yeah i mean despite even despite the the horrific thing that had happened that a lot of people don't talk about it's hard to watch knowing that like his brain was oatmeal Mm -hmm. when they went to do the autopsy and you see these like he he would do the uh the suicide dives and like collide his head into the into the uh the guardrails and he would take these unprotected chair shots and like it's it's brutal it's gruesome but man there's just something about it uh 
I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's just, there's just something about an unprotected chair shot that is just amazing to me. Well, and I think with, with all of this, with, with professional wrestling in general, and I think that, you know, a lot of your listeners might be able to appreciate this because anytime someone finds out like, oh, you like wrestling, did you know that it was fake? Like that always is a question that comes up. And I've always, I, I don't like, I'm not like a, a guy that's going to like, just go die on that hill of like, no wrestling is legitimate or whatever, because I understand like, if you watch it on television, there's a lot of hokey stuff you see and it's hard to believe that it's a real competition, but absolutely at the same time, you can't watch a lot of these guys and think like, Oh, that's that, that wouldn't hurt at all. Like a lot of it does hurt and it's very real. And people always say, Oh, well, I know, but I know it's scripted. I'm like, okay, but is it scripted? Because I've never been, I've never been given a script. So right. that, that doesn't mean it's scripted. Now, the thing with wrestling is it's not like really anything else. And I know a lot of times people look at it like, well, is it more brutal than MMA? Well, probably not. But how many MMA fights does a professional MMA fighter have in a year? Four, maybe five. How many matches right. does someone in WWE have in a year? 250, maybe 300. Yep. It's, it's, it's very different, but they're not the same thing. And it's, and it's a thing where you have to be, you have to be physical. You have to be beat up, but you also have to travel and you also have to be charismatic and try to get over with the crowd. Make them want to buy your action figure. Make them want to buy your T-shirt. Make them want to order a pay-per-view that you're a part of and all that other stuff. You know, write your name on a sign, whatever it might be. So uh, these two topics here, unprotected chair shots or blood in a match are very, are very different. But at the same time, when I think of blood in a match and it making it seem more, how can you not think of WrestleMania 13 and Stone Cold, right? That face full of blood in the sharpshooter. Like that's one of the most iconic Absolutely. images in pro wrestling. Like everyone remembers that. And yeah, yeah. Would it have meant the same with if he didn't have the blood? Probably not. I, I, I remember that there uh, stone cold and I know Bruce Pritchard of the, uh, something to wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard, um, has mentioned it. It was like, yeah, they like, we had a no blood clause going on at the time and Brett pretty much told Austin, no, we're going to, we're getting blood in this match. And, and, uh, yeah, like that, yeah, that match, that scene of him, like trying to fight out of the sharpshooter and he's just in pain and the blood is you know streaming down his face that's that's one of my favorite memories as a kid oh yeah it's like austin austin in pain and he bled out you know he he bled out that he bled so much that he passed out right so like he didn't bleed out that would mean that he died but he he passed out because he is so much blood loss and they they really honed it in uh on that and i think it was so good yeah but i watch a lot of old school ecw because I need to like I need to understand what I missed as a kid. I didn't have ECW until I didn't discover ECW till the second to last week before they got taken off the network. Right. Uh, they were on TNT, I think. So I didn't even know what ECW was. Um, so I've gone back through the WWE network and, and watched a lot of that. Man, there's unprotected chair shots. I mean, Balls Mahoney. Oh, yeah. Right there. Like that was his gimmick. His gimmick, yeah. his gimmick was hitting you as hard as he could with a chair to make it as dent as possible um some of my favorite chair shots ever was uh 
anything that Devon took because Devon is one of the best sellers ever. Yes. In my opinion. Like that. Like <laughs> but he the, would uh, just look like, like a, like a seizure. <laughs> yeah. Like a seizure, like a fish out of water, just like flop. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I just something about it. It really, it really sells it. And I've learned that like one of my favorite moves, arguably my favorite move ever is Sabu chair throws. Right. I don't know why, but there's just, cause it's like, you're not even, you're not even throwing at throwing it at them. You hate them so much. Yeah, or you're not just hitting it. You're throwing it at them because you're so you just hate their rotten guts. It's like, here, eat this chair. You don't even deserve to have me swing it at you. And it's just like, boom, every time it's something great about it. But breaker, we got to pick something unprotected chair shot going up against blood in a match. What do you got? You got to pick something. I got to I got to mention Devon Dudley here because this is what makes Devon Dudley so freaking smart that no one realizes if you hit a guy in the head with a chair and he's convulsing and going crazy, you're not going to hit him again. So he's so smart. Because nope. He's limiting how many times the guys are hitting him by doing this goofy over the top sell, which is awesome. Like as a wrestler and I watch that later, I'm like, he's the smartest guy there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was so, it was so smart and nobody else did right. it. Only Devon did it and it became his like trademark thing. Oh, it's so good. So good. So I think on this, um, the, the chair shot, another thing, too, that does bother me, um, because, like you said, the unprotected chair shots to the head are not something they're going to do anymore, but they have no problem doing a chair shot to the back, which is a lot safer. Still stings and hurts, but it's it's safer. But to me, there's always that weird disconnect. If like if you hate that guy so much, why wouldn't you mm-hmm. just hit him in the head? You hit him in the back, you know, like it's it's a weird disconnect. In this day and right. age, um, and I know they don't do a lot of blood in the match, but every now and then you'll see, uh, you know, a little accidental cut or something happen, which I think is always kind of an intriguing thing. But uh, for me, it's got to be blood in the match because if you get if you have blood, blood in, in the match, if you have blood in the right match, the right circumstances, it can it can definitely add a whole lot more uh, to the drama you're trying to create. Absolutely. Um, also, and and to kind of piggyback off your your chair, I've been saying if we're not going to hit people in the head with chairs anymore, like let's just not use chairs. Agreed. Yes, because because that like the gut shot, then hit him in the back. Like it's so repetitive yes. and it just it doesn't look cool right. i don't know i really i really hate it i'm not a big fan of it and you and like here's the thing you can do a protected chair shot you know uh peel behind the curtain i'm the guy from the 90s that did that you know revealing all wrestler wrestler secrets here there is a way to do it safely with, with a headshot even it will still ring your bell maybe a little bit but there is a way to do it and we still see that in aew sometimes um but hey whatever um Blood in a match. Moving on. Uh, bracket three breaker brought to us by professionalcasual.com. Head over there. Check out all the other great shows here at the professional casual network, as well as our new store that is now open where you can get breakers favorite shirt of all time. The big Chuck hot dog and t-shirt. I think, it, I think he might've called it grills, grillsies or something like that. I don't know. I didn't recognize the, the name, but <laughs> grillsies, professional <I> grillsies. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Professionalcasual.com. Of course, head over there for all of your information about other shows and uh, sponsors, giveaways, all that jazz. Bracket number three. I think it's probably we're going fashion in bracket number three. We've got title belts or championships going up against when a wrestler wears gear that pays homage to something. Sure. Now, now title belts, 
uh, title belts, I'm sorry, championships, because as we all know, belts are what hold your pants up. It's a championship. Um, that's, of course, a, a famous WWE Vince McMahonism um, that it's not a belt. It's a championship. It's like a hospital is a medical uh, even, facility, you know. Yep, exactly. Although, which is stupid because it's I mean, it is literally a belt. Yeah, like it it, it just it's a weird it's a weird thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's super it's super weird. But there is something amazing. Like it's a it's not just a a championship. It's a piece of art and it's a piece of history. They change these belts over time, sometimes really fast. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I remember in like kind of like a few years ago, we saw the WWE championship change like nine times. It's like they couldn't, they <laughs> like, couldn't get what they wanted or something. Like it wasn't perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it was super weird. But then, you know, they just recently changed the US championship after what? 20 years, 10 years, it's been since something like, what, like that. 2002, 2003, something like that. Yeah, almost 20 years. Yeah, something Yeah, something like that, which I know a lot of people crapped on the that new U.S. title. I actually loved it because it felt very old school. Yeah, I liked it, too. And, actually. And it's yeah, it was like an updated old school with a new flavor, kind of. Yeah, and like because it still had that golden eagle. It still you know had the American flag on there. Like I, I, I thought it was really cool. I actually really liked it way better than whatever that intercontinental belt was that they made. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of that one either. <laughs> you know, uh, what's what is your favorite championship of all time? Man, that's a tough one. So I've always been a huge fan of the Intercontinental title, the classic design. Like when they brought that back, I think Cody Rhodes actually brought that back in 2010 and he kind of had like an updated version of the classic design. I was like, oh, yes, that's awesome. Um, I've always been a huge fan of that one. I've always liked the uh, the winged eagle, the classic WWF logo. I always thought that was a great title. I've only issue I ever had with that is that it felt small, like it felt small compared to the other belts. A little bit. Yeah. 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 I'd agree with that. Which then when they upgraded it to, uh, to like the blue, right. It, it's I the forget what the blue with that bigger. era. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they like blew it like gigantic. That play, that first faceplate was gigantic. Of course, famously, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, oh my God. If I say his name, he might show up. Uh, let's hope not. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, like introduced that title. Right, yeah. Like, I remember that being a thing and it had a, uh, had a blue strap. Yes, it did. I remember, it did. uh, which, which they then got rid of very quickly. Right. Um, which is like super weird. Uh, I personally, um, it's it's got to be the 10 pounds of gold. It's got to be the NWA uh, world title. I don't know what it is about that belt. It's simple, maybe because it's simple, but it has so much history behind it. You're talking about the um, classic it just, it design, looks right? Like, like Harley held. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the one that Harley held. I think they still use the NWA title. Do, yeah. Um, yeah, for for power, right? NWA power. Correct, yes. um, is it Nick Aldis? I think has yes, it now he currently. Is. He's the champion. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, there is there is nothing like in my eyes cooler than how Ric Flair used to hold it like a baby. You know what yes. I mean? Like he used to cradle it in his arm and he had it there and he was in his, you know, his $3,000 suit with his Rolex, you know, and like, ah, man, there was just something about that title. I want to own that title. I have a few. I have the uh, I have the oval intercontinental title. I have the European championship and I have the old NXT title. That was the X. Oh, nice. It, yeah. The plate was like the X on it. Um, But my goal is to get that NWA title uh, like a replica and i think that's like that's the coolest part about titles too right is like they make these replica belts now where like if you are a belt collector 
and you love belts, you can get these replica belts that look and feel very similar to the real thing. Oh, absolutely. And they're just and they're just like they're so they're so cool and they're so neat. But championships are going up against, I think, a pretty a pretty tough opponent here wearing when a wrestler is wearing gear that pays homage to something. Now, we have been seeing this a ton. This is kind of a new concept, right? Sure. But every pay-per-view, every NXT takedown, uh, takeover, like whatever, somebody has gear that is paying homage to something. Johnny Gargano is famous for this, right? He picks a a different uh, superhero character almost every takedown and has new gear made. Right. That like his outfit reflects that. Um, I can kind of th- I kind of remember. I think Rey Mysterio was like the first time I ever remember that sure. because he would he would do a different superhero. Um, at every at every WrestleMania, the first one I think was the Flash. He did, um, he did the Joker um, back when like Heath Ledger, uh, Dark Knight came out. Well, actually, if you um, remember in '97, Halloween Havoc, he did the Phantom. Like so, right? Exactly. Oh, how can I forget the Phantom? Right. Uh, arguably one of the best matches ever in history. Right. Um, was Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio? But yeah, like that that was a standout situation. That that full body suit with the Phantom gear, which like. Let's face it. Nobody knew who the Phantom was. Yeah, and I <laughs> at think that that's what, maybe where he got away with it because they just thought, oh, he just got new gear. You know, <laughs> like they didn't. Right. Exactly. He's paying homage to something, which I, I mean, the Johnny Gargano stuff that he's been wearing is incredible. They've actually done a couple of action figures off of it, which I think they did a uh, a video about new figures. And they were very specific not to say Marvel or Wolverine because he had that new figure coming out in the Wolverine gear. And because uh, I'm sure there's some legal issues and stuff like that there. But yeah, I, I did. I did oh, yeah. that specialty gear because it's like you see that and you're like, oh, man, I hope they make a figure. Oh, man, that's so cool. Like, oh, that's so that's so perfect for this big special event. Um, but then there's also times where I think, hmm, like uh, and here's here's my biggest hmm moment with that. And Survivor Series last year, Rey Mysterio wore gear that was inspired by the Joker from the new Joker film. <laughs> While he's wrestling Brock Lesnar for the title. Now, in the lead up to that, Brock Lesnar's beating the crap out of Ray. He's beating up Ray's son, the whole deal. And it's like, so this is personal. This is a personal issue with legitimately probably the baddest dude on the roster. And you're dressed like the Joker. That's a disconnect for me. You know what I mean? Like if there was ever a moment where he comes out in just straight black gear, like I'm all business tonight, that was it. But he's dressed like the Joker. I don't know. Is that, is that you follow what I'm saying there? It's kind of a weird thing. Uh, yeah, I do. It, it does. It, it kind of ruins the, the seriousness of the situation. Right. Um, what he should have done, of course, um, to prove that he was the most hardcore um, was he should have worn jeans with uh, knee pads over top of the jeans exactly. and a wife beater to go out there and and just beat the shit out of Brock Lesnar. Because obviously uh, those who dress uh, and actually he could have just done like a uh, paying homage to uh, Kurt Russell and uh Big trouble in Little China. Right, exactly. So it's well, come yeah, dressed so, as you are, street fight, because that's how you came to the building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come dressed as you are, but make sure you get your knee pads on, and they're outside of your jeans. Yes. Like, yeah, I always thought that was like a weird thing. It, it's just well, there's like, so many weird things in wrestling. Like, think about no holds barred, no DQ, street fight. They're all the same match, but we call them different things. You know. 
Right. Well, and it's like, so I always wondered why it was called a no holds barred match because I never really knew what that meant. But that means that like no holds are barred because back in the day, there used to be holds that were illegal that you could that you could not do. So the idea being that, like, no. We can literally do any wrestling move we want to each Except other. The pile Nowadays, <laughs> I mean, wrestling. Yeah, no pile drivers. No, I can't do a pile driver. Um, but like that, that now has kind of become a a, a thing of the past yeah. where like a no holds barred just means you can use weapons or, or whatever. Or, you know, no one can get disqualified. It's a very dated term. Uh, it is a very dated term, but it sounds so dope. Yes. Like it sounds so cool. Like no holds barred. Right. Like I don't know what it is. It's just I don't know, I love it so much. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the time it, it's true. It sometimes that homage can can kill what's happening. But sometimes, like it just looks so cool. Right. It's like oh, this is a moment, you know. Sure. And I can't wait to get that in figure form, you know, and things like that. Uh, but I, there are times when somebody comes out in gear and I don't recognize it. And like all my friends are like, oh, man, look at the gear like it's I was like, I don't know what that is. Famously, uh, who was it? Oh, it was a uh, Seth Rollins came out in like the Thanos yeah, gear yeah, yeah. for one of the one of the WrestleManias. And I did not realize it and could not figure out why one of his kick pads was gold and the rest of him wasn't. Right. And then finally it dawned on me. He's like, oh, he's Thanos. Oh, OK. All right. I get it. Um, and, and that's what's weird is sometimes it's a big hit and sometimes it's a huge miss. Like Triple H a couple of WrestleManias ago did a, like a Terminator themed entrance and, and had some of the like like Terminator skulls to wrestle Sting. But at no point yeah. did I think, oh, well, that's campy. Like it was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. It, oh, that looks dope. Right. You know but what then, I mean? Like, right. He comes out as the Joker and I'm like, oh, that's weird. You know, so it's it, you never know yeah. how it's going to take. Yeah. And, well, you know, and Triple H has, was always really smart about it. Like he did the Shao Kong. Yeah. Uh, from Mortal Kombat at WrestleMania 30. And I, that was just like, that was awesome. Sure. Like that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. Um, but we have to pick it. We have to pick a winner here. Man. Title title belts and championships going up against uh, wrestling gear, paying homage to something. What do you got? Breaker? Man, I, I have to I have to go with title belts because I feel like that's always going to be a consistent thing with wrestling. Like. Like to me, there's no what's more iconic than Stone Cold hitting the turnbuckle when he's holding that WWF title the first time or, you know, or Mankind when he first won the title or even like, you know, I'm not I'm not a huge Goldberg fan, but that image of him holding both belts in the Georgia Dome was that's that was a hugely iconic moment. Title belts will always represent that, whereas I don't know if if the gear quite does that as much. I think there's something special about it. But man, when someone wins that title, especially after they've been fighting for it and been screwed over by the heels or whatever, and they finally get their moment, that's such a a huge thing. So I got to go with title belts. Title belts is moving on. Bracket number four. Brought to us by patreon.com slash professional casual. Head over there for literally a metric ass ton of extra content. We are putting out new stuff every week, sometimes multiple times a week. Who knows? Um, there's different tiers to get different access to different things. Um, head over there. You can hear all of my behind the bracket uh, employee interviews, as well as wrestling with uh, Chuck and Tim or Tim and Tim and Chuck watch wrestling. I think is what we finally called it as well as uh, we just re- finally recorded uh, uh, Tim and Chuck go to the movies where I watched the winner 
from the bracket, uh, the greatest movie I've never seen. Oh, nice. So, uh, yeah, we did a quick little review of it. And let me tell you, um, I had some very interesting things to say about the movie that won. So bracket number four brought to us, of course, by Patreon.com slash professional casual breaker we've got we've got the the uh, arguably some of the most shining moments in professional wrestling we have when the heel manager gets their comeuppance going up against the baby face kicking out at two when you think it's over now these are these are both moments in in professional wrestling that are focused around reactions specifically with the baby face or the good guy in the match there's nothing more satisfying to me than when the baby face finally gets his hands on the heel manager who has done nothing but run his mouth outside the ring, cause distractions, possibly even tried to cheat. Maybe he he got a couple cheap shots in when the baby face rolled to the outside to get a break for a minute, like whatever. And finally, finally, the baby face gets his hands on the manager and just pops someone or maybe hits him with a finisher who knows and finally gets him out of the match I, it's it's hard it's hard to say it's not the most gratifying thing unless it's the baby face kicking out a two when you think it's over the heel has hit their finisher they've thrown everything that they have at it the referee goes down it's a one it's a two it's a and just as the hand is coming down you see that shoulder pop up he kicks out at two and the referee has to like rotate and swing pops the two up in the air and that place explodes because you thought it was over and it's not breaker is there any is there really any better moment than these two things in wrestling so the funny thing about the heel manager man doesn't that seem like a bit dated nowadays like there's not that cavalcade of like the jimmy hearts or bobby heenan's or jim Cornettes, those classic heel managers that we remember from back in the day um one of my favorite rowdy roddy piper moments was wrestlemania 10 uh it was bret hart versus yokozuna in the main event for the title and uh, both guys had already had a match bret was hurt from the from his knee and Cornette slides piper out during the three count piper Piper's like, ah, no big deal. Turns around, big right hand to Cornette. And like the whole place explodes, like you're saying, because this guy deserved it. He's been a jerk the entire night. He's, you know, caused havoc, whatever. He gets his comeuppance. It's great. Now, the baby face kicking out at two. Oh, man. Like that's that's that moment you're on the edge of your seat, right? You're in the climax of the match. One, two, big kick out. Like, oh, he's still alive. You know, it's it's yep. that's what gets people invested into uh, into wrestling. That's what makes people buy into it, you know, makes people, you know, you don't want to blink. You don't want to turn it off for as much bad as there is in wrestling. This is like that that consistently good thing. But that's a that's a that's a tough choice, though, you know, because I mean, like, mm-hmm. think about Hulk Hogan's entire career getting beat up and then one, two, huge kick out. And that's when he hulked up. Right. And the crowd as yep. goofy as it was and as bad as it doesn't age, the whole crowd was into it every time he did it. Absolutely. And and the thing about the kick out at two is like there are some t- like like, let's face it, uh, 
I, I would argue that I'm 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 a, not a smart, but, I, you know, I'm I'm a edu- well educated mark. I know I know how wrestling works and I'll still get caught on the kick out. At, you know, the kick out at two. I think, OK, well, you know, this is this is probably right around where the match would end. And then all like, oh, shit, he kicked out like I'll even pop for it and stuff like that. Like, so if you can get the smart marks, if you can, you know, quote unquote, get the boys in the back. Right. Like that's there's just something so great about that. But you're right. This, there is that kind of like dated feel because we don't see heel managers all that much. We definitely don't see babyface managers anymore. AEW is kind of bringing it back a little bit with Jake Roberts and, a and, bit, yep. and and guys like that, like former wrestlers. But, you know, back in the day, you know, the two managers I remember the most were Bobby Heenan and Jimmy Hart, both of which had a stable of guys that they managed. And yep. they weren't really like like a, a unit, but it was like, you know, Heenan managed Rick Rude and he also managed, you know, maybe Hercules or, or maybe, you know, whoever it was, Jimmy Hart had earthquake, Jimmy Hart had Dino Bravo. Like, you know, they all had, they all had their guys. Um, and that's to me, like, having someone like a Bobby Heenan out there to maybe it was just a trip. Maybe it was just, he's on the ropes and he throws a quick little right hand when, when the ref's not looking like that little added advantage. But like you said, end of the match, he gets, he gets his comeuppance or maybe not every night, but every now and then he gets his comeuppance. It's like, Oh, you so deserve that. You know, like as a, as a viewer, that's the greatest thing ever. But I think for this, I have to go with, uh, the baby face kicking out it too. That, that, that's, that's the, that's, that's the part that gets people the most involved in, into watching this product and knowing that baby face is still alive and he's still, he's still fighting that, that it gets everybody into it. Uh, I, I, you know, I honestly couldn't agree more. You're absolutely right. Babyface kicking out at two is moving on semifinals breaker. We're we're deep into this tournament. We have hearing your favorite wrestlers hit favorite wrestlers music hit after coming back from injury going up against probably the thing that set him on the injury list blood in a match. I mean, we've talked about it. We've discussed it. We raved about how much we like both of them, but what do you think is better? The best thing of between these two is it the music or is it the blood? You know, I think, it, you know, we're in 2020 and we're also in the middle of a pandemic and I have never been super comfortable around blood. Like it's just beyond diseases and stuff. It's just gross, right? It's just, right. it's just gross. And, you know, if somebody gets a busted lip or a busted nose. It happens. I get that. But I think buckets of blood and stained mats and all that stuff, it's it, it does add to a match on occasion, but it's not something you need all the time. But something that will always get me into wrestling, and it's the one thing that will always get me to log on to YouTube to try to find the clip if I missed it is someone returning uh, from an injury or from our long absence and that music hitting because that's the the reaction we'll always remember the rock returning to announce he was the host of WrestleMania I think in 27 WrestleMania 27 that was a huge moment right because you knew whoever this was going to be was going to be big and you find out it's the rock like the the reaction from the crowd that night unbelievable so to me it's got to be hearing your favorite wrestlers music when they return moving on the the king is moving on i, I could I, you could argue is the harley race of this uh tournament 
But who is it going to go up against our other semifinal match? The title belt or the championships going up against the baby face kicking out at two when you think it's over. It's it's fashion versus a moment breaker. What deserves to move on to the finals? So inside term, everybody perk your ears up. Here you go. There is something oftentimes a title belt is referred to in the locker room. That's less than flattering, but it is oftentimes referred to as a prop, meaning it's there. Yeah, yeah. The gasps. It's there to to enhance somebody, to make someone seem like a bigger deal than they are, to add intrigue to a wrestling match. It's a prop. Now, it does mean a lot. Obviously, it means the company backs you. The company appreciates you. The company feels like you can make it money. So you're important. But. The baby face kicking out at two is the entire antithesis of what wrestling is, right? That's the uh, that's that moment when you in the movie, like I always I always look at wrestling as like a movie in a lot of ways. And like that bad guy has that good guy tied up Mm -hmm. and he's torturing him for information. You realize that good guy's not done yet. He's still fighting and you got hope. And uh, to me, it's always got to be that baby face kicking out at two when you think it's over. Babyface kicking out of two is moving on to the finals. Breaker. Our finals are brought to us by Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, the podcast that you are a host of. You will be getting uh, your sponsor bill in the mail any day now. Perfect. Send that over so, to uh, yeah. Breaker and Bane Headquarters East, a.k.a. Bane's House. <laughs> Got it. We will we will go ahead and ship it right over there. Uh, he can, uh, yeah, he can go ahead and pay us. We will send collections after Perfect. him. So we have hearing your favorite wrestler's music hit when coming back from injury, going up against the babyface kicking out at two. Breaker, if you have to choose the best thing about wrestling, what are we going with? So um, this obviously this tournament has been very interesting. And as you can see, we have two two moments that feel fill you with emotion, right? Two things that can happen. I will say the baby face kicking out of two and you think it's over. The only issue I've ever had with that in wrestling is that it gets overdone, right? And when it's done and done and done and they keep kicking out, keep kicking out, keep kicking out, it does lose its luster, right? And you hear people talk about it like, oh, the Indies guys, they kick out of everything or they do that or or whatever it is. And, or like, oh, they're kicking out of DDTs. That used to be a finish. We, I, you know, I hear all that stuff all the time. And wrestling is very subjective. I completely understand that. But I feel like the way kicking out at two has changed a little bit to where it's people. I think sometimes in the ring are trying to entertain the guys in the back more than the audience. And that's not the way it should be. I have to say the one most realistic moment to me is hearing the wrestler come back from injury or a long return, uh, much like edge at the Royal rumble without saying a word, his face told that story. And Absolutely. Like, like to this day, like if, if you heard CM Punk's music hit like that, in that live crowd was there, hopefully they're going to, they're going to react. And and that's honestly, to me, a big issue I've had with this whole uh, empty arena pandemic thing is we've seen Matt Hardy, Brody Lee and the revival or FTR now all debut with AEW without a crowd. And yeah, it's, it's kind of one of those things like, man, what would that crowd have done if Matt Hardy had been up in the rafters with a live audience? You know, what would they have done if if, that go ahead? I'm sorry. 
Oh, I was gonna say that place would explode right. if 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 there was a crowd there when Matt Hardy showed up, they like that place would have come unleashed. Yeah. Right. And, Absolutely. And, and Brody Lee, I think, was actually set to debut in Rochester, which I mean is pretty close to you, I'm sure. Uh, where he's from, uh, FTR, the revival, they, uh, they kind of came in and in, in the truck, which would have been super cool in front of a live audience. If they came through the crowd, Scott Hall style, wearing the denim and everything like all that is, is awesome. Like it's just, it's not the same without an audience there. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. But breaker, I, we've done it, man. We crowned it. We made it. We made a champion. Did we crown yeah we did uh hearing uh, what did we what, wait did we choose one yeah i think so like uh was it hearing your yeah it was uh, hearing hearing okay. the favorite wrestlers uh music. okay all right that's what that's what i thought i then now realized maybe maybe we didn't actually crown it yet hearing your favorite wrestlers music hit after coming back from injury uh we did it we crowned a champion that's the best thing about wrestling i, I couldn't agree more i love it <laughs> I I'm I'm ecstatic and thank you for being on the show and carrying all the weight that Tim refused apparently to show up today and do it. I I appreciate you and we are definitely going to have you on again. Well, I love I love the the tournament style. I love the insanity that that is this tournament. I think it's I think it's fun, but it's also challenging because, you know, I think this list is very subjective. And I'm sure there's people at home that are wrestling fans are like, what? Wait a minute. How are you not voting for blood in a match? That's the best thing about wrestling. And to some, maybe it is. But again, it's all opinion based. Uh, Wrestling is very opinion based. And uh, hopefully that they got some insight into why I think it is what it is absolutely if you like this show please check out the other amazing shows here at the professional casual network like professionally asked casually answered a advice column uh podcast where we give the worst advice ever to you but we still recommend that you probably try it but also don't sue us and of course the flagship show that's not actually the flagship show the space between presents and big fiction energy you can also check out my friends and hopefully yours soon um those sons of bitches over there at the wreck my podcast and most importantly breaker and bane's power hour breaker why don't you go ahead and tell the great folks where they can find you bane the show everything get your shit in my dude tell them where i'm gonna get my shit in right now yes uh breaker and bane's power hour we have been going for over 300 episodes now uh we drop a new episode every sunday we discuss all kinds of fun stuff you know from wrestling to movies pop culture some toys sometimes we have tournaments ourselves kind of like this we kind of space them out a little bit more and uh we do some crazy sodas we have a guest every episode and it's a lot of fun it's a hopeful hopefully a nice um relaxing entertaining uh thing from real life because real life sucks sometimes and that's why we should listen to podcasts absolutely absolutely first off can i say crazy sodas uh watching bane almost puke is like my favorite thing ever absolutely like there's there's just there is there is no better uh like podcast material than trying to get bane to throw up from tasting uh corn soda which is weird as <laughs> i i've never thought that that one's all that bad like it's not good by any stretch but it's not horrible but for some reason that one just hits him just right and he can't stand it and i love it 
Oh, it's my it's my favorite thing ever, as well as, uh, of course, the interviews and the you guys had the one of my favorite ones is uh, the guy from Nick Arcade yeah, was yeah, on. We, like I, that was like super random. But yeah, I love a, it. A weird one because I I heard him on another podcast. I'm like, well, maybe he would he would do podcasts. So I thought, you know, what's what's the harm in just reaching out? And so I shot him a message, just a cold message on like Instagram or something. Yep. And explain to him what our show was and how we're big nostalgia fans. We're big Nickelodeon fans. We're re- I'm a wrestler. He's a rapper. We kind of have this you know, weird dichotomy, blah, blah, blah. And he just sends back a single heart emoji. <laughs> to, to this day, I, I'm like, what does that mean? You know, like he, what he obviously it? read this. Does that yeah. mean he's down to do it? And there was a couple of cancellations that we weren't able to make happen. And I was like, oh, this probably isn't going to happen. You know, I, I was kind of nervous about it. But then we, we got it to happen. It was it was what it was. It was probably not the best one we've ever put out there. But, um, it, but it, you know, honestly, fun, though, right? it was. Yeah, it was one of my favorites because it was so different than what you guys had yeah. done in the past and like who's interviewing that guy like realistically but like nick arcade for me growing up like nickelodeon was a huge part of my life and i watched nick arcade all the time so getting to kind of like learn the background and things behind it like it was really cool like it was a really cool experience um so yeah definitely go check out breaker and bane's power hour ladies and gentlemen with that ladies and gentlemen boys and girls cats and squirrels with that being said i have been your delicious host big chuck for not tim france but for the master of the shotgun dropkick and host of Breaker and Mains Power Hour, Brian Breaker, we say good night. Stay safe and remember to leave the blood on the bracket. This has been Elite 8 Showdown. Thanks so much for listening. Why don't you go and check out all the other great shows that the Professional Casual Network has to offer, including Season 1 of The Space Between Presents I Saw a Tiger, which follows the Netflix smash series Tiger King and details the acid-washed antics of Joe Exotic, Carol Baskin, Jeff Lowe, as well as others. This season, we're taking a deep, dark dive into the four-part Netflix docuseries Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich. Big Fiction Energy is our audio drama pod in which Tim, Danny, and myself tell the story of Lainey, the Girl Without Fear, a fantasy novel by Dan. A grim podcast of perilous adventure is the Professional Casual Network's Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay Actual Play podcast. We're playing through The Enemy Within, which is widely considered one of the best campaigns of any RPG. Join Dan as the GM as Danny, Tim, Alexander P. Nelson, and JB try to survive the perils of the old world. And if you needed more deep dives, also check out The Space Between, which is a discussion and review of the best games, comics, and nerd movies of today and yesteryear. We also have Elite Eight Showdown with high-octane host Big Chuck and his research team. Join him while he financially ruins his partner Tim and completes an eight-team tournament bracket that could be about anything and everything. Lastly, we have Professionally Asked, Casually Answered, a totally real, totally fake advice show where we take questions and topics from you, our listeners, and do our best not to completely ruin your lives. Danny, where could people follow us or ask us questions for Professionally Asked, Casually Answered? I'm so glad you asked that, Tim. You can go ahead and email us questions. Our email address is theprofessionalcasual at gmail.com. You can also follow us and message us on Instagram at theprofessionalcasual. On Facebook, we're facebook.com slash professionalcasual. Twitter, we're at Top Tier Casual. 
Our website is theprofessionalcasual.com. On Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash professionalcasual. And you can also check out Lindsay's Instagram at lindsayfphotography, where you can check out all of her great photos of abandoned places and events. What are some other things that people could find on our Patreon, Danny? They can find Sarah's doodles. They can find different vlogs. They can find lots of polls. I know Big Chuck's got a ton of stuff up there. It's all just a wild time. Extra bonus content, all of those things. 